Hello and welcome. I'm Felician and today my guest is Paul Slack, the founder and CEO of Venda Digital, a full-service B2B digital agency. In this episode, you will learn a few things about managing up to a leadership position, the importance of having hard conversations, and the quality of the best leaders in the game. So, let's start. Hi, Paul. It's great hey, Felicia, to have you. Sean, thanks for having me on your podcast. Excited for the topics we're going to be covering today. Yeah, I'm also excited and I'm looking forward to learning from you. So, please tell me, what should every B2B leader know about managing up? You know, I think, uh, quite frankly, uh, managing up is probably one of the most important skills that a B2B marketer can possess, uh, especially if they are wanting to grow from, you know, a marketing manager to ultimately being a CMO someday. And, and obviously, you know, connecting the dots between where the business is trying to go and what the CEO is trying to do with your day-to-day marketing activities and how you align your team is so important. And so when you think about um, managing up, there's really two things that I, I that really come to mind. One is um, understanding what it is that your CEO is really trying to accomplish. And then the other thing is what really matters to them. And those may sound like the same thing, Felician, but at, at sometimes they're different, right? So it depends on the structure of the business, but oftentimes those objectives um, are, are almost given to the CEO or, you know, they have to get, you know, uh, they come down. Maybe there's a private equity company or something like that that's really kind of setting uh, what they're trying to achieve. And so you need to understand, you know, what are the growth goals? What are the overall objectives of the business? And then what really matters uh, to that CEO? Because if you're going to manage up, you've got to, number one, connect the dots between, hey, the you know, we, we're trying to grow our logos by 100 logos this year, or we're trying to grow our revenue by X percent this year. And so you need to be able to easily translate these two or three major marketing objectives are going to uh, help us achieve those goals. So we've got to connect those dots. And a key part of managing up as it relates to uh, those objectives is we can't water down with too many objectives. So one thing I see uh, BDB marketers struggle with all the time, Felician, is they they try to they come they come with six or seven different objectives that they want to accomplish over the year, and that may be true. But when you're managing up, you've got to pick the top two or three objectives that really connect the dots between that growth goal that the CEO is trying to achieve, and then keep your story or your talk track, if you will, on how what you're doing in marketing is really helping achieve those objectives. And then the second part of that is really understanding what matters to the CEO and making sure that what you're reporting on is really in align with that. So if your CEO is all about revenue, then you need to be talking about how the marketing work that you're doing is helping generate revenue and don't come in with a bunch of uh, marketing slides that show graphs and pie charts and data that really don't, um, align with that because I, I've been in so many QBRs uh, with marketing leaders and CEOs. And, you know, once you get to those slides that are nothing but tables of data and you see the CEO's eyes glass over and the minute his eyes glass over or her eyes glass over, you've lost the conversation. And so mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden you become not relevant anymore. Right. And so if you can be incredibly precise 
by focusing on, hey, this work that I'm doing, these two or three things that we're doing as a marketing team are helping us achieve these objectives and you report on them in a way that matters to the CEO. That's really key. And another part of that though, another part of managing up in my opinion is managing horizontally, right? So it's not just, you know, hey, I've got this great relationship mm -hmm. with the C-suite and they understand how we're going to help achieve their objectives, but you've got to go to your peer network as well and do a good job of managing, you know, what you're doing and how you're helping the business grow and having solid relationships at a peer level, which might be the CRO, the VP of sales, however your organization is set up. If you don't have a strong relationship horizontally, it's going to hurt you uh, with that up and down relationship with the C-suite. Yeah, that's a great point because oftentimes people forget that they can't focus only on climbing the ladder, but they should also empower others and teach them how they can do things and what they can achieve. And also this way they will grab new ideas from them. For example, when you work with the HR team, they will tell you things that you would never notice because like right. you don't work in recruitment. You don't know what people pay attention to. And I would like to ask you like, what if the CEO created a marketing team just because, yeah, he should have a marketing team, but they didn't know what to do. So he didn't set them priorities, didn't tell them, yeah, what's your goal? Just be there, run our social media, let's show that we are active. That's a that's a great question. So I'm going to say that back to make sure I understood it. So you're asking if the if the CEO basically says, hey, I need a marketing department, so I'm going to go hire somebody that's going to run my marketing department, but I really don't get marketing. And so how, how do you manage in that situation? And, and I'll tell you, that is a big challenge, especially in the world of B2B, uh, because right now we're in this big transition, you know, that's happening. You know, you might argue that it's been going on the last 20 years, but but really over the last 24 to 36 months where um, you know, buyers and the way that buyers learn about products and services um, has changed where, you know, a lot of that burden used to be on the sales side. And now a lot of that burden is on the marketing side, at least if you're doing marketing and sales the right way. And the reason I tee that up, Felician, is that because the shift is relatively new, you've got a lot of CEOs that still think that, you know, creating awareness and creating demand lives on the sales side, right? And mm -hmm. that, marketing is really just about being the administrative assistant of sales, right? If sales needs a new PowerPoint, they get a new PowerPoint. If sales needs a new one sheet or leave behind, they get one of those things. And you're just an order taker. And so the, the reality is if you're in a leadership position or you're moving towards a leadership position and you've got a marketing leader, I'm sorry, a CEO that, that feels that way, you've really got two options. One is um, to change the conversation and to really help them understand that the world has changed and that demand is actually generated as a marketing function and not a sales function. Um, and if you can help them see that and have the aha moment, and there's plenty of evidence and data and information out there on the web today that can help you make that argument. And if the light bulb goes off, then you've established yourself in a very strong position because you can be kind of the guide or the mentor that says, hey, CEO, now that I've helped you understand that demand is really a marketing role and function and not a sales function, let me show you how we can do that. And let me show you how we mm -hmm. can achieve our objectives uh, with us kind of owning that, us being marketing. Now, the other scenario might happen. You have that conversation with the CEO and the CEO says, no, I, I don't believe you. I think 
demand actually happens in sales and your job is to put logos on coffee mugs. Um, my, my encouragement to those listening today would be uh, dust off your resume. <laughs> There's lots of great companies out there today where the CEO basically gets marketing. Uh, but I've unfortunately, over the last 20 years of being in B2B marketing, I've seen what it's like for a CMO or a VP of marketing to serve a CEO that doesn't understand the real function of marketing. And it's just, it's hard. It's a hard, uh, unfulfilling in many cases, uh, job. And in today's world, I think there's lots of opportunity out there. So either get the light bulb to go off and then you can become this mentor or guide or go find a place where people can really appreciate what you can bring to the table. Yeah, it's hard to convince some people that marketing isn't about putting logos on Macs. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. And, you know, the reason for that is that the world has changed. You know, we talked about this before we started recording the podcast, but, you know, I started out in the 90s as a technology sales guy. And truly, I believe that marketing's function in, in the world was to put uh, logos on coffee mugs and to get ready for trade shows and do, do those kinds of things. But the reality is, Felician, in 1990 and the 90s, and I would even submit the early 2000s, the burden of demand generation really sat on sales, right? Because there, <laughs> the buyers weren't going to the web the way they are today and to peer networks to learn how to solve problems for their businesses. And so it required the sales guy to basically knock on doors and say, hey, you've got this issue in your business. We've got a way to make it go away. Let's talk. And so that that responsibility lives somewhere else and now it's living on marketing. And because we're in that transition period, you do have leadership and that's that's at the C-suite, but also at the, at the sales leadership level where they still believe that demand creation has to happen on the sales side. The concept of demand generation is quite new, let's say. Mm -hmm. But yeah, basically it's old school marketing. You don't lead with capturing leads. You just lead by showing people who you are, what problem do you solve, and how you can help them. And it's kind of the same thing like with employer branding, where mm. you show people who you are, you show them what they can achieve with you, and eventually they apply. You know, that's a really great point, and I would agree with that 100%, because the world of marketing, when you, when you really take it down to the essence of marketing, it's about communicating uh, important messages to a targeted audience, right? And so mm -hmm. at scale, so back, you know, going back to my sales analogy, you know, when you're a sales rep and you're knocking on doors, that's not scalable, right? And it's yeah. certainly not uh, easily repeatable because you'll have good sales guys that are really uh, great at what they do or gals, and then you have ones that aren't. And so it really is dependent on on that individual and that's not scalable. Well, marketing is all about communicating messages at scale to a target audience. And so if my target audience are potential employees, then I still have this opportunity to communicate messages at scale, just like mm -hmm. if my target audience are potential customers. And so that transition is also happening. That's a really great point, Felician, is that, you know, uh, not only are buyers going online to learn about things, but but maybe even longer than buyers have been doing that, employees have been going online to look for, you know, best jobs to work for or places where they can really apply their skills and make a good living. So 100%, I could see that um, being an important function of marketing. And that goes back to that horizontal relationship uh, component that we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. It's not just managing up, we've got to manage horizontally as well. 
do you think that sometimes when managing horizontally, you will have to have those hard conversations with people when you go in and tell that, yeah, it should be done in a different way because the world is changing and... You know, I, I've got um, I've got some some tough news to tell people that are listening to the podcast today that are hoping to grow the, uh, up the marketing ladder. That um, learning how to have tough conversations is part of the game, right? Uh, in fact, we have a term for it over at Vindy Digital. We call it robust dialogue. Um, you've got to be willing to have robust dialogue because, especially in marketing, probably more than any department in the business. Because uh, what happens when you aren't willing to have tough conversations, you end up becoming an order taker or you end up with what we call the tail wagging the dog syndrome, right? And that everything's coming at you and you, because you're, you're not afraid or you're too afraid to have those hard conversations, you do become an order taker, right? As sales does mm -hmm. say, hey, I've got this, I need a new PowerPoint, I need a new leave behind, whatever the case may be. But when you've done a good job of managing up and you've uh, aligned two or three marketing objectives with the overall corporate objectives, you're now in a much better position to have robust dialogue or to have those difficult conversations. Because the reality is what starts a difficult conversation, Felician, it's telling somebody no, right? It's like, no. I know you want me to do this, but I'm not going to do it. And here's the reason why. And so if you aren't connected to those two or three objectives, then all of a sudden having those hard conversations is almost impossible. But when you do have them, you can say, hey, Mr. CRO or Mrs. CRO or whoever it may be, or even CEO, I know you want this thing, but we agreed we're trying to go here. And we agreed that these are the two or three things I should be working on to get us there. And these are the things I need to focus on if you really want to achieve those goals. But how can you prepare for the, such conversations? So let's say... I have to talk with the CEO because he's right now changing the direction. Let's say he wanted to focus on one industry. It's yeah, the end of August. And he says that, yeah, we are looking at something completely different. And the plan is to still focus on the first industry till the end of the year. But he wants me to change. So how should I approach this? Because if so I say no, then I can lose my job. So. <laughs> It see well that always that always ties back to the end game, right? And so, if the CEO's end game hasn't changed, then the conversation is a relatively easy one. We are talking about difficult conversations; they're always going to be difficult. But if the end game hasn't changed, then you can always go back to these objectives that you've agreed upon at the beginning of the year to say, "Hey, these are the things we believe together. We're going to get us where we need to go, and the things I should be focusing on in marketing." Now, the, the, the pivot here, Felician, is if the, if the end game has changed. So, hey, I know, I know I told you, Mr. Marketing Guy, I'm the CEO, that we wanted, you know, 100 logos in this industry in 2022. But now I'm telling you that we want 50 logos in this other industry because we found out that this is actually a better industry for the product that we mm -hmm. produce. Well, if that's the case, then you almost have to go back to step one and say, okay, now that we have a new end game, let's go come up with the two or three objectives that are going to get us there based on the time that we have allocated. And then let's get in an agreement with that. And quite frankly, that gives you the opportunity to shape the conversation. So, you know, a, a key component, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because it was something I wanted to make sure I shared today, is this concept of being on the same side of the desk. 
This is actually a concept that I learned in sales, but it has gotten me so far in my career. And that is when the person you're having a difficult conversation with feels like you're on the other side of the desk, like you have <laughs> competing goals, then it's really, really hard to get to a consensus. But when you can change the conversation and get on the same side of the desk where it's like we're working together to achieve the same goal, then all of a sudden you can get to a place where consensus is possible because now you're you're always putting it in the position of, hey, we're trying to get here and I'm trying to help us get there. These are the things that we need to do to get there. Do you agree or disagree? And here's why I think they're important. Then you're in a much better position to have that uh, difficult conversation. Yeah, that's some solid advice for future leaders. <laughs> What influence can a good marketing leader have? So let's say there is a company that hired a CMO. The CMO didn't do a good job. Then a new one steps in and what can change? Oh, yeah, I, that's a, that reminds me of a story we had actually talked about that I wanted to share today. And the, the, the reality is that, um, you know, a good marketing leader uh, can make all the difference in, in helping uh, a company achieve their goals and objectives and really help um, their, their department, um, you know, flourish and thrive. And, um, the scenario that you and I had talked about in getting ready for today's podcast was I, I was working with, um, or my company was working with, um, a SaaS company and they had a CMO that, um, wasn't doing a very good job of managing up. And as a result of that, it really was tail wagging the dog syndrome and, you know, shiny object syndrome and, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, floated the boat of the VP of sales or the CEO or whatever, uh, that day, uh, created all kinds of, uh, trouble downstream. And this is why having difficult conversations and aligning with the overall objectives is so important because if you aren't, if you don't feel real confident in those things, then you're going to get, um, these, uh, these shifts or these requests out of left field, and you're going to feel the need um, to support them in some way or to just accomplish mm -hmm. that. And all that does is create friction downstream because, you know, and lack of confidence in your team. Because when you tell your team, hey, we're going left, and then the next day you get a new order that says we're going right, and then you have to go to your team, which could be employees in your uh, that, you, that report to you. It could be agencies like Vindy that are also trying to support your efforts. And now you're like, hey, I know yesterday I said we're going to go left, but now we're going to go right. It just slows everything down. And, you know, marketing to be successful, we have to be very efficient and effective. Um, and so the more we have to switch gears, the harder it is on the team and the less probable that you're going to achieve the ultimate outcome. And so uh, as a result of this particular leader, just uh, having uh, the the inability of having those difficult conversations, um, he he burned out his team and quickly kind of burned himself out and ended up mm -hmm. ejecting himself from the company. And yeah. uh, this is a great story because they found a new uh, CMO to come in. And this CMO, uh, who is a, a great lady, um, really understood uh, marketing fundamentals and understood relationships and how to manage up and how to build a relationship, um, you know, vertically and horizontally within the organization and really got mm -hmm. the team aligned with just marketing fundamentals. And that's one thing, Felician, that, that I really want to communicate today is 
when things are confusing, when things are hard, when you've got stuff coming at you at a million different ways, take a step back, go for a walk, think about the marketing fundamentals that really matter, which is I need to get in front of the right person with the right message and give them a path forward to solve their problem. Then the, all the rest of this quickly kind of falls into place. And so this particular CMO built, did a great job of building good, solid relationships and then forced them to get back to the fundamentals. And then, you know, once they had an alignment on what they're trying to achieve and who they're trying to achieve it with and how their product was differentiated in the marketplace, they really had what they needed to tell a good story. And then she was um, a, a force to be reckoned with. There was she was not going to bend on what she had been assigned and that protected her team uh, and that protected us as the agency. And that gave her incredible credibility within the leadership team because they had confidence that she was going to get them across the finish line. And the reality is the year before they didn't make their number the year with her as the CMO, they actually exceeded um, their number by like 25%. Nice. So, yeah, based on the story, it's, there is one takeaway. Sometimes you have to take two steps back to then take step, five steps forward. Exactly. Yeah. And, and to, and to the... really, you know, when you feel the pressure, like, oh my gosh, I've got all these demands and they seem to be shifting, then that's a sign really that you haven't done a very good job of managing up and managing horizontally. And you haven't done a good job of connecting the dots between the work that you're trying to do to help them achieve their objectives. And so that's when you do need to take that step back and go, okay, how do I get this all together? How do I get my marketing story? You know, marketing is all about stories. It's stories to our external customers, but it's also stories to our internal customers. So take a, take a play out of your own marketing playbook and go, how do I market my marketing department inside of the company that I'm serving? That's a nice point. Like, how do I market my marketing department inside the company? Like, Two days ago, I was talking with a friend and yeah, just talking how we can basically leverage marketing more inside those companies that we work at. And we came with the idea that maybe we should approach our internal marketing departments like a marketing agency where we come in with a plan. Exactly. that That's what we can do. Mm-hmm. Those are the sample results, whatever. This is how the campaign looks like and everything. And this way, just present it to other stakeholders, show them two or three options, and get their buy-in. Because yeah, when you focus on the day-to-day base and day-to-day tasks, you can get lost because there are so many things that are coming your way, and just too much sometimes. Right. Exactly. And that's you know, I think I think one of the themes of our conversation today is really this idea of being strategic versus being an order taker. And so how do we hold on to the strategy and really make that fundamental to everything that we do so that we can have the difficult conversations, that we can say no to things that aren't a priority so that we can do our job and win for the company? How would you approach a situation where, let's say you have four or five stakeholders in the company? So let's say there is the CEO, there is the CRO, there is the COO, and uh, there is the head of HR and all of them are pulling a bit into their own direction. So marketing has to help all of them somehow. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to 
pick just one site because you don't have the resources for everything. So would you go with the CEO or would you pick a different site based on the yeah, based on their need? So um, that's a that's a really great question. I think it ultimately has to start with the the CEO, but having good solid relationships with all of those horizontal peers, or you know, they may also be um, you may be managing up to them too, because maybe you're a a VP of marketing, but you've got a COO and and a CRO and and a, you know people like that that you're having to re some indirectly report to, and so you know when you can get the CEO on board with these are the objectives we're trying to achieve and here's how we're going to do them. I think that that really helps. But uh, the key is in defining what I found um, and just overall having good quality conversations within an organization managing up is really defining everybody's role. Like what mm -hmm. what is the role of marketing and how is the role of marketing different than the role of sales? And then how does the role of marketing support sales? But at the same time, how does the role of marketing support HR? How does the role of marketing um, really support finance? Because quite frankly, the role of marketing does have a role to play in supporting finance, exactly. right? And so if we can, if you as a leader can sit down and have those conversations um, with all of those leaders, and that is, hey, this is what I believe the role of marketing is based on you know, my job description, what I'm hearing from the CEO. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you, Mr. VP of HR or Mr. CRO or COO or whoever. And I want to understand how we can support you based on these objectives and then let them talk. And then what happens is, A, you build relationship with them, um, but B, you can get alignment with, okay, so I understand that as the finance person, it's really important to you to know what dollars are being spent and what channels and what outcomes are happening or what, you know, what our, our CAC is or what our cost per opportunity is. And so I'm going to make sure that we're, we're reporting that information back to you. And then it's within, you know, the limits that you've kind of set for us. And so it's just kind of goes back to, it's funny, Felician, just talking with you about it. It just keeps reminding me of my sales days. Really a good marketer is a good salesperson because they're, helping getting get consensus with everybody all their constituents yeah like one of my previous guests said that the most dangerous marketers are the ones that know how to sell <laughs> i would agree with that i would agree yeah. with that for sure and at the same time the most dangerous salespeople are the ones that know how to do marketing yeah yeah 100%. especially today especially today because those lines are super blurry you know um and and i know we were going to talk about sales and marketing alignment at one point but uh you know that that is that line has gotten so blurred but at the same time because it is so blurred there's never been a more important time than now to get real clarity on who owns the different stages of the buyer journey because what what i see happening all the time from an agency side looking in to b2b companies is that lack of clarity, like who owns mm -hmm. the buyer journey at the top of the funnel? And I'm going to make it super simple at the top of the funnel versus at the bottom of the funnel. And when does that handoff happen? And then, you know, how do the priorities shift? If you haven't done the hard work of getting that clear and truly documented, then you're going to end up having more robust dialogue or difficult conversations um, than you need to. And so kind of going back to the topic of difficult conversations, 
you can head a lot of that off at the pass if you'll just do a good job of defining who owns what at what stage of the buyer journey. Do you think that the sales and marketing team and marketing team should be basically the revenue team or should they still be split? You know that there's lots of debate on that. And mm -hmm. I don't know that I think really it ultimately depends on the culture and it ultimately depends on the leadership. Because um, I've seen them work well at, under one revenue team and I've seen them work poorly that way. Um, and I've seen them work well as distinct islands, if you will, within the organization. But it ultimately comes down to, um, you know, how that organization is run and the clarity between uh, between roles. So you can have a revenue organization um, that has marketing functions and sales functions working together, but there still has to be clarity on, you know, who owns creating awareness, who owns uh, this stage of the buyer journey. Another component of that, uh, too, just to make that department function well, is it, it's not only who owns what stage, but let's get clarity on when a buyer moves from stage one to stage two. Let's not just, mm -hmm. let's say, yeah, this is a marketing stage. This is a marketing stage. This is now a sales stage. But let's just not define them as stages. Let's actually come up with criteria that everybody can look at and go, this buyer is at this stage. And we know that because of these things that we have in our CRM or marketing automation mm -hmm. system that shows that they're there. Right now, the buyers, yeah, they can be even 80% up through their buyer's journey before reaching out to sales. And yeah, I think the concept of having one revenue team is cool because yeah, this way you work closely together. Marketing can know what to create. Sales yeah, can interview customers and learn more about the buyer journey, fit that insight into marketer marketing. But at the same time, I know that there is always a bit of friction between marketers and salespeople. Like not in all companies, but in some companies you can find it. You know, one of the things to get rid of that friction, regardless of how the organization is structured, and I get your point, Felician. I think I think there's some great if you can create that that camaraderie, that teamship, um, regardless of how the team is organized organized, that's so critical. Um, but you know, one of the challenges in, you know, getting everybody on the same page is really just identifying, um, you know, who does what at what time and really just having good communication, right? So when, you know, we've, been, we've kind of talked around it, but at the end of the day, um, we've got to be able to communicate uh, as a marketing team or a, a member of a, of a revenue team that's in, in charge of marketing, what what we're doing and how we're supporting the overall objective and and how that's uh going to help the salesperson close more deals and so communication is really a key part of that we just have to uh and it's such an easy thing to do is is over communicate um mm -hmm. and what i see happening often in b2b is like this lack of communication um and and lack of partnership yeah like communication is one of the most underrated skills by people at the start of their career. But over time, once you yeah go up the ladder, you will see that it's the core skill you should focus on. But I would like to ask you, what would you say is the quality of the best in the game? So the best leaders that you see out there? Right. Yeah. So um, when you when you kind of pull back the curtain and say, okay, what are the who are the CMOs 
that um, are doing the best job possible. I, I think there's a few attributes that really jump to my mind. Um, one is uh, just the relationship side of things. And so they, uh, and I wanna touch on that in a couple of different ways. One, they're able to truly build um, a trusted relationship with the leadership team. They're able to build a trusted relationship horizontally like we've talked about today um, with their peers, but they've also built a really solid relationship with their team and that their team knows that they've got their back. And so a big part of building that, that uh, relationship with their team is making sure that they're protecting their team. So some of the very best marketing leaders I've seen are fierce about protecting the culture of their team and the work that their team works on. And so the the opposite of that is when you're letting all of these requests flow through and you're whipsawing your team, that's not an effective leader. But when that team member feels like my CMO or my VP of marketing is protecting me, I'm protected, then they're going to do their very best work. But it, the relationship part doesn't stop internally. The very best marketers out there Felician have relationships with customers and prospects. So they're not just out there building a great solid relationship internally, but they're actually going to trade shows, having cocktails, actually becoming friends with their target audience. And that they become, and I'm trying to say this the right way, they really kind of become the person in the organization that knows the customer the very, very best. Too many marketers trust personas and never really talk to customers mm -hmm. and the best marketers actually have have friends that are are their customers you know um and so that, that's a really key attribute the the other big attribute that i've that i see that is often missed but it seems like it's such a simple one is just understanding the marketing process you know like marketing fundamentals and relying on those marketing fundamentals that it's got to start with Where's the company trying to go? Uh, what is the strategy that we're going to use to get the company there? Who is our customer and what do they care about? How are we going to differentiate our product from the competition that's out there? What is our story that we're going to tell to help communicate that to the buyer? And then how are we going to distribute that? And then ultimately, how are we going to report back that or what are we, how, what are those key performance indicators that are going to tell us that we're heading in the right direction? And it's amazing to me because I talk to I talk to, you know, 20 or 30 different marketing leaders a month. And that doesn't even account the, the groups and things that I'm a part of. That's just one on one conversations. How often I have to remind marketing leaders of what marketing fundamentals are because they get whipsawed so much that they they lose sight of that. But if you can hold on to that and realize that that's what makes a company move forward, then you're going to be a great marketing leader. Yeah, but I think it's not only the fault of marketing leaders. Like everybody forgets about the fundamentals. Like mm -hmm. no matter who you look at, like let's say you look at CEOs, they forget that first put the customer first and talk with the customer what he wants actually. Right. Salespeople, they also forget <laughs> about the fundamentals that yeah, they should be helping others. Right. And by helping others, you will faster close sales instead of being just pushy and yeah, make, making people hate you. And everybody forgets about it just because we get lost in the work, basically. You know, that's a really great point. So I think the reality is just uh, jumping on what you said, Felician, good, great leaders 
really are able to align their day-to-day -day activity and the activity of their team really to fundamentals. I mean, think about it. The, the greatest leaders out there always adhere to what really matters the most. And so we all have the same 24 hours a day to, to run our lives, right? And with the same eight to 10 hours a day to be involved in work. And it's really, what do we do with those eight to 10 hours a day that are going to make the difference? And those that can really make sure that they're doing important work and that their team isn't doing important work is what makes them great. Yeah, I think that's a perfect spot to end this interview on because, yeah, focus on the fundamentals and know how you manage your time. <laughs> and last question for today, where can people find you and what do you do? Advent Digital. Uh, thanks, Felicia. Well, the best way to, to find me is probably on LinkedIn, uh, Paul Slack. Um, I'm pretty active there. In fact, Felicia, that's how you and I got together. Um, I really love LinkedIn and where LinkedIn is going. Um, we're also very actively working on building a community. Uh, stay tuned for more information on that. And if you want to stay up to date on on our B2B community, just follow me on LinkedIn because I'll be posting more about that. But it, it's a, a B2B community for marketing leaders. Um, and while I'm going to say not necessarily in the SaaS space, certainly if you are in SaaS, you, you are welcome to join the community. But we're going to focus on B2B marketing leaders that are more mid-market that sell big ticket items like $100,000 projects and bigger because I feel like that's a community that's not being well served in the marketplace. So we're going to build a community to help them. And then Vindy Digital, we are a full service B2B digital agency. So basically we help uh, from content uh, marketing to demand generation to website UX, anything that's going to help you get your message in front of the right buyer uh, and get them excited about what you do and, and to help you or help them learn how to take the next step. Um, that's what Vindy Digital is all about. And we'd love to talk to you if you need help like that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for the interview. I learned a ton and I'm sure the listeners have learned as much as I did. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Felicia. I enjoyed uh, being on the podcast. You have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be a B2B Leader. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Also, if there is something you would like to learn, let me know. After all, we are building a knowledge base for B2B.